Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? This is John. And Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Get to the Chopper! (laughs) Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies, and we're breaking them all the way down. Hello, hello, amazing, awesome listeners. We love you and appreciate you. Yes. And a shout out to our friends on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. Yes. Um, If you like what we're doing, there's plenty of old uh, movies, Schwarzenegger and otherwise, on our back catalog that you can check out. And we are working slowly but surely on getting those up on the podcast network. Yeah. And, uh, And listeners to our own podcast, Check out that podcast network. Yeah. There's lots of cool stuff going on. Oh, dude, we they just dropped the, the Rocky Four director's cut, which we have Ooh. to check out oh, at some point. Oh, we must, yeah. Yeah. We have to see if uh, if all the security guards or all the FBI agents are holding flashlights. Yeah, what for did sure. They do, what did they do to well, it? Well, they cut out the robot, apparently, which will make me sad, because that's one of the most just enjoyable Parts like, of the movie is just because you're like, what the hell am I watching? But then right also, now? like, what what will Polly do? Yeah, he will any of the movie. If he if the robot is chopped out, unless there are other robot less scenes that weren't in the original, there had to have been. Then he would not appear until they're basically like going to Russia or having that press conference. Yeah, where he's like calling out the Russians or whatever yeah. the Soviets. And then I heard also, this is kind of shitty, that they basically <laughs> almost chopped all of Brigitte Nielsen out of the movie. That's out of spite. I know. That's, that's so petty. That's such, but I kind of love that. That's so petty. Maybe Stallone is just it's a... like 30 years later, spite, he's like, Stallone's I'm, not, a spiteful I'm not over it. He's like the Taylor Swift <laughs> of uh, action flicks. This is amazing. Oh, that's juicy. I can't wait to watch yeah, it. Yeah, dude, then. we're going to have to watch that shit for real. Yeah, like, so... so Thank you and welcome, yeah, again to our six DOS faithful and all the last <laughs> of the action heroes podcast network folks. Um, this is the uh, the last episode in a, an exciting, <laughs> no holds barred, action packed, adrenaline fueled yeah. thrill ride that is Passenger Fifty Seven. I, mean, I feel like we could do an episode just uh, a whole episode just speculating on what might happen <laughs> in Rocky Four, but I guess we should actually talk no, about Passenger Fifty Seven. I would listen to just two idiots. Drunkenly holding forth on what might what be, might happen, <laughs> what might Rocky Four look like now? I wonder if they remixed the training montages at or the if end, they just kept does, them. At the end, does Rocky shirtless walk up and punch through the Berlin Wall and knock it down <laughs> single-handedly? If I can change, if you can change. Everybody can change. Uh, he got brain damaged in that fight. If if Rocky Five was, is part of is canon, uh, it's not. Does is it? 
I mean, Do we he, accept Rocky Five as canon. He came out of that fight like brain damage. Yeah, the doctor said Rocky if you Five. ever, if you, if anyone ever touches your head again, you might in die. Any capacity, your brain yeah. is gonna fall out of your nostril. Yeah, <laughs> and. And then in later sequels, that didn't seem to be the case anymore. No, he can still take a punch with the best of them. Yeah, he's fighting. I don't get that. Well, maybe if that was the only doctor he went to, then shame on him for not getting another When he was fighting a boxer named Mason Dixon in in Rocky Balboa. That's just, that's bad. Although, he made a strong comeback with the Creed movies. Yeah, he definitely did. The Creed movies, fuck, they're good. Supposedly, Jonathan Majors, that actor, uh, up-and-comer, the dude from... um, Oh, what oh, was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're. What was you're the talking HBO about. show that I can't even remember um, now? Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country and others. Uh, Good show. The Five Bloods or whatever else. Sad to like, have seen that it didn't get picked up for another season, but I get he's it. He's apparently going to be the foil to Creed in the third and final of the Creed trilogy. He's built like a brick shit house. He so, is, but yeah. he's not like. You need someone who just dwarfs you. I feel like that dude's smaller than Michael B. Jordan, though. Yeah, I think he might be shorter. Yeah, but like you I just don't know. need a giant. Anyway. But I don't know. Like, if you can bring it with your charisma, and I, I, I'm anxious to see him as a villain because I haven't really, I like, I've bought into some of his portrayals uh-huh. in the movies he's been in, but I feel like he's got it in him to be a really good bad guy. Well, I was just telling you, I just watched The Heart of They Fall. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. You need to watch that because he's actually like, I've never seen a, I've never understood why it the is draw. that people are are pushing him so hard. Yeah. But he's awesome in The Heart of They Fall. He was really, really good. And I'm like, oh man, he should just play a cowboy in every movie because he's good did at Regina this. Did Regina King produce that movie, or just di- did she direct it? I don't think she. Or is she we just looked. In she it? didn't direct it. I. Okay. I think she's just in it, and okay. she's also killer. In yeah, there. I love so her good. so much. Anyway, um, <laughs> I wish Wesley Snipes was in that movie, but he's not. He could have you know been. Movie he quite easy. In. Yeah. <laughs> Passenger Fifty Seven. What? Whoa! Welcome to part five in our series of Passenger Fifty Seven. None of that should get cut out, by the way. It was all Adam golden. Scott Neal, <laughs> our friend who doesn't who doesn't like when people talk about other shit before they get down to the meat and potatoes. That's called an appetizer, yeah, buddy. This, that was your amuse-bouche, bitch. That's to wet your whistle. <laughs> your amuse-bitch. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, this is Passenger 57, and I guess I'm going to do my best to get us caught up. But yeah. I'm not really even going to try. What happened in the last one is that no one really has a plan. There was a cha- an implausible chase through a fairground where Rain the terrorist was finally apprehended. The FBI somehow knows who John Cutter is. He's a legend off the radar. Legendary airline security specialist. And they've cooked up a plan where they're going to let Rain, quote unquote, go free and go back to his plane Mm -hmm. and take off. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. What's really going to happen is that they're going to snipe him and whatever terrorist comes to the door to let him in and set the rest of the hostages free. Absolutely. And... But there's a monkey in the wrench, a fly in the ointment, <laughs> um, and that is Vincent, um, the, forgotten the, the, other, the forgotten terrorist who has infiltrated this podunk airstrip dressed as an ambulance driver slash paramedic. Right. And that's where we pick up. Yeah. Good enough. Hey! <laughs> Nailed it. So on the plane, Sabrina is like relaxing while Forge sort of nervously paces around the plane. That's Elizabeth Hurley right. playing Sabrina and Michael Horse playing uh, Forge. She had her leg propped up like in a sort of seductive manner. Everything, while she was chugging what should have been a bottle of champagne. Yeah, it was but like, it was like Perry, an avion or, or something. Avion, yeah. yeah. Um, 
they've got hostages spread out all over the plane, which is tactically seems like a bad way to do. You Wouldn't you just bunch everyone up, up in yeah, one absolutely. place? Because there's not that many passengers left. Right. They let a bunch go earlier in exchange for Less a than refuel. 100 now, probably, because yeah. they killed some. Now, we've got this old woman who Mrs. was on the plane. Mrs. Edwards. The old woman, Mrs. Edwards, who had been seated next to Cutter. Who thought he was Arsenio who Hall. Who thinks he's time. Arsenio <laughs> Hall, has, is demanding to know what it is that the that the bad guys want. Why Marty, the fuck does, like, who, what? I don't know. Sit it's, down, yeah. boomer. <laughs> <laughs> She's part of the greatest generation. Yeah, she is the greatest generation. She's older. <laughs> so Marty tells her, yeah, to sit down. She gives her a hot towel. Hopefully it was a lavender <laughs> towel, like after yoga class. That would calm me right the shit down. That is like, insane. Yeah. She was walking around with a tray of hot towels and a pair of tongs, handing them out What's to What's crazy is that she'd been allowed to do that. Hell no. No. I know. Well, yeah, you're, yes. Because there's only two bad guys left on the plane. Right. They didn't let her go out of sight to go microwave the towels and or how, whatever. Like, how would you, like, she could have thrown the tongs in the microwave and started a fire, tried Anything. to cause a disruption to let people get away or something. Like, there ain't no way they're letting her microwave hot towels. <laughs> so weird. It is. Um, so Rain, who's who is being held by the good guys, he's in right. the control tower. He radios to the plane. This is daddy. <laughs> that was weird. He referred to Sexy. himself as daddy. Sexy. He tells him he's being released uh, if he's not on the board in five minutes to proceed with the plan. Right. So as planned, a pair of FBI agents, they're escorting Rain across the tarmac to the plane. Cutter is running the show via walkie-talkie. Yeah, he's like in a car in the foreground, and he and Agent Henderson are in this car sort mm -hmm. of watching everything happen. Yeah, so Cutter is... Uh, Watching it all go down. There's a tactical team with gas masks, like just out of sight, sort of under the stair car. Yeah, but this this goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode. Is that like somehow Cutter's been given free reign to run this whole operation? Yes. This civilian, not an agent, not an employee of the airline. The argument that he had made earlier was that he's seen all the terrorists, so he can tell them who's who's a good guy or who's a bad guy. Right, but. But still, him it like stands to reckon that like, whoever's at the door when the door opens is probably a bad guy. Yeah. Um, but yes. At any rate, yeah, it's, it's right. They're they're taking orders from Cutter now. Uh, the agents they're walking Rain up the stairs. Airplane door opens and Forget steps into view. Cutter gives the command for the snipers to take out Rain. Rifle shots ring out, but the agents are shot dead. Right. What? Yeah, we see the crosshairs move from Rain's head over to one of the agents, and then the dude gets blown yeah. away. It's Vincent, who's what? taken over Surprise! the sniper position, which he took those snipers out quick. Yeah. Because they had showed the snipers in like an establishing like shot a second on ago. the walkie-talkies, like checking in that they're ready to go, and they are. And like it was, I think, less than 40 seconds of screen time passed between... Uh, Vincent having taken over, killing them both, Convenient. apparently. Yeah. So Rain rushes onto the plane. Forget takes out some members of the tactical team with his Uzi. The diehard music is like kicking full blast <laughs> yeah, big during this part. Um, Henderson is shooting at the sniper position, but Vincent shoots Henderson. That's the uh, like the FBI agent who yeah, had been and, running the show. And kind just of. wings him. But Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but... Yeah, Cutter pulls him to safety, but how did that shot from a sniper rifle not just go straight through, like through arm? It hit into him in the shoulderish area, right? Yeah. Or 
I don't know. I mean, that's a sniper rifle. Oh, yeah, it'd pass right through you, I would think. It would, it, yeah, it, it'd obliterate your insides. You out, the, out the other side. Well, I guess, lucky I guess <laughs> Henderson, maybe it was just the way that it hit him. Yeah, basically, Henderson tells Cutter he's fine, gives Cutter his gun. Uh, Forge is just spraying bullets at the stair car as it backs away from the plane, and it just inexplicably explodes and tips over. I think that the shot that, like, it shows bullets going into, like, the grill and windshield. Yeah. So my only thing, it must have, like, hit the engine gas can caused an... What you I can know, tell you for sure is that it would not fall over on its side. <laughs> right. That shit true. had me laughing. <laughs> I love The explosion love, was enormous. It was huge. It was fully fueled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rain rushes into the cockpit, tells the pilots to get the plane up in the air. Plane begins to taxi. They're leaving Vincent behind. Bye, Vincent. Yeah. Vincent's scrambling. Just like rain. Vincent is scrambling across the roof of the airport, shooting wildly. Poor Vincent, man. He's just been abandoned. Like, good luck, bud. At this point, it's as plausible to believe that Cutter is going to reach the plane to get on in time as it is to think that Vincent would have Vincent might get get to find a way onto the plane. Vincent's thought this shit out. Uh, Cutter, he's hiding behind like the car or some vehicle. He somersaults out from behind, pops up shooting, hints uh, Vincent. Shoots him dead. It's a great death fall down the stairs from that dude. The actor did it himself. That stunt was badass. That was a dope fall, man. He he like sold it. I was like, is that guy a stunt man or something? I I thought the same thing. That was a hell of a fall Uh, he took. I agree. Um, Yeah, I didn't notice until I was really looking at it. I was like, oh no, that's definitely him. Yeah. That's awesome. Good kudos to that dude, man, for going for it. it. I can take that fall. Um, So Cutter... Jumps into Biggs's car, tells Biggs to follow that plane. Del Vecchio is there for some reason. He's tired of watching from the sidelines, baby. <laughs> Time to get in the game. That's right. Del Vecchio would be nowhere near that tarmac. No. They would not. Like, he would some, never have left that office. If some tactical shit was going to go down, they were not going to just let some civilian be out there. Maybe he's like, I'd rather do this and then talk to the press. Yeah, why not? <laughs> than deal with Ramsey. I'd rather do this shit. <laughs> I'd rather die. I'd rather <laughs> catch my cross. Boss. Get caught in the crossfire. <laughs> um, now, on the plane, Rain delivers this cocky address to the passengers. I'll, if you don't want to wear your seatbelts, you don't have to. It's <laughs> kind of awesome. Yeah, it's like, what? Um, Biggs wants to know what Cutter's plan is. Cutter says he's going to sneak on that plane if Biggs can get him close enough to, the, to, to it to hop on. There's this great back and forth between Cutter, Biggs, and Del Vecchio. Yeah, like Cutter and Biggs like insulting each other in good fun, and Biggs is loving yeah. it. Like Biggs is like, I knew you were crazier than a June bug the moment, the minute I laid eyes on your ass. And then he's like, look, Chief, I thought all you ham hock and country biscuit eating boys knew how to drive. What is that, a bunch of bullshit or what? And he's like, I hadn't had a challenge like that since I was in high school. Chief, I didn't know you went to high school. It's uh. like... It was great back and forth. It, it is was great. fun as shit. It is. And then uh, Cutter's like, Sly, this better be covered on the health insurance. And <laughs> Sly is like, this yeah, plan it's under sucks. the section on mental illness. Yeah, like, this plan's insane, guys. <laughs> it's good. That's good stuff. One couldn't help but notice during all of this that they are 100 yards or more to the left of the plane. At a safe distance. At a safe... How the like I want to see I want to see the 
the B-roll of the shot where Biggs jerks the wheel to the right all the way across the airship. <laughs> this is a tiny airstrip, too. It was hella narrow. How yeah. do you, how it did should he, have been narrow. How did he get up alongside the plane? I don't know. Somehow, he manages to pull up alongside the front landing gear. Cutter says, I need a gun. Biggs produces a revolver, hands it to him, says, I want this back in good condition. Belongs to, Belongs my, to wife. my wife. What? She's Is she also a cop? Why does he have it, then? It's just a million things. Does he always pack an extra privately owned gun when he's on duty? All I know is I know people, and I won't name names, that that boast, and I may have mentioned this on previous episodes, but that boast that at any given time they have no fewer than three loaded weapons in their car. And it's like, okay. Okay. And so my like maybe he and the missus were at the steakhouse a couple of nights before and had too much and she accidentally left her revolver in the car. In the and the cruiser? Was like, and he was like, oh, shit, yeah. They, he was also just at the carnival before all this popped yeah. off. Maybe he was hanging out with the wife at the yeah, carnival or some so. shit. Um, but he did seem to be on duty. I don't know. It doesn't matter. At, at any rate, he's gun. got his wife's gun, gives it to Cutter. It's like a 38. It's like a police special. Yeah. Cutter climbs out the window of the thing, jumps onto the landing gear, and immediately drops the gun. Yeah. And it's like, what was even the point of the gun, the whole gun bit then? The, the, the lines, the lines with Sheriff Biggs. Was it, I mean, maybe it's, maybe they felt it was too unbelievable if he didn't at least attempt to acquire a gun before going on, but they also wanted him to be unarmed. It, I don't know. I don't either. It boggles the mind. Yep, it does. Um, so the plane lifts Someone off. Someone made millions of dollars for this movie that, that was not you yes. or I. The plane lifts off with Cutter clinging to the landing gear, John Matrix commando style. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Up in the tower, uh, the air traffic controller is radioing that the hijacked plane has taken off as Agent Henderson and Del Vecchio enter. What? How <laughs> did Del Vecchio get back to the tower that fast? He was just at the far end of the runway with Biggs in the car. I don't know. <laughs> I, no one can know. No one yeah, could explain it. Physics? The, I, mm. the air traffic controller is on the phone with approach control, which I had to Google, like, what does that mean? And apparently it is like a gut, like, you know, you got the, every airport's got their own tower, but then you also have, um, like these government facilities that track every single plane that's in the sky. Right. It's called approach control. Okay. You got all these little regional airports yeah. that like in Atlanta, you've got the big airport and then you've got like four or five different little regional airports and someone's keeping a track of every plane from every airport to make yeah, sure totally. they don't hit each other yeah. in the air. So that's what approach control that's is. That's an important job. Yeah. It's we like, salute you approach control. So is, so, so whoever wrote the screenplay did a little bit of uh research on sure. the hierarchy of how all this shit works. Thank God someone did <laughs> <laughs> on board the plane. Rain is telling Forget it's time to make the proper arrangements. Nothing you say makes any sense. It's, like, it's never even been hinted at what his big plan is. No, is it's that all, a, that's, that's the big, is that a problem? I mean, it's real. It's to be honest, it's realistic. Yeah. Because in real life, you wouldn't say the bad the guys wouldn't ready. be talking about the plan. Yeah, you. Wouldn't and they wouldn't be telling the good guy what the plan is. That only happens in like Bond movies. But in a in as a film goer, as a film viewer, does it rub you the wrong way, or do you just roll with it, not knowing what I, their plan is? I noted the line, and I was just like, at this point, he said he's made so many allusions to the plan. 
And I was like, this is yet another allusion to the plan that I hope gets spelled out at some point. So I was just like, fine. It's the same, it's the same as it ever was. At this well, point. they've hinted at it so much. It's almost like they're teasing that it's going to be revealed. Right. And then that's it, what I'm saying. And then it is, is that I kept, I'm like, he's going to, any minute now, he's going to be like, we're going to be, be like the, a twist. We're going to be on the beach drinking margaritas and earning our 10%. Like, Feeling good, Lewis. Looking good. Yeah. Looking things good, are Billy about, Ray. Things are about to get weird. About okay. to? Okay. <laughs> Hit me with it. Oh, this, Rain oh, this starts is the fucking l- licking Rain thing? starts licking his fingers and following Marty fucking around. creeper. Yeah. What is that even a prelude to? I don't know. It's just that to me is an acting choice that someone should have been like. That's too much. That's too much. It's a bridge too far. But so is what happens after because so like he tells Marty that, you know, Cutter's left her in a dangerous position, starts using just like sexually loaded words. Yes. Then orders her to pour me a drink. She asks, what do you want? Anything wet, which is gross. Did you notice Sabrina? Yeah, she's like. Gives this huge eye roll. Like, Like, this is fucking ridiculous. During all of that, he's pulling um, a Bennett from Commando like stroking yes. the knife, he's like stroking the gun barrel, and I'm like, "Come on!" Absolutely, guys. he was he was he was caressing no up and down one, the barrel of the gun. If I'd been the director, I'd been no. That's too much, dude. No, that's too much. No one does that. That's it's so stupid. It's like amateur hour. Yeah, it is. It doesn't. Um, it, it's dumb. That was amazing, though. To me, the reaction that Sabrina yeah, had. I love that the she's, big eye roll and storms off. I would have loved for there to have been, and this is going to be a spoiler. But I would have loved to there have been like a big Marty versus Sabrina fight. Like, like where Marty whips that ass, but because they, this, it's been this teased, right? It. Yeah, but I love that Sabrina's obvi not into you know daddy making moves <laughs> at other women. And I had that exact same reaction, like anything wet, and Ugh. then just like oh my god, like my eyes just rolled back in he my was, head. He was I, really going for it and not <laughs> subtly at all. He continues to talk dirty to Marty, and she slaps him in the face. Then he's asking what she and Cutter did below in that tight little place. Asked, did Cutter get into your tight little place? Oh, God. He's caressing her hair with the barrel of his gun. I hate that thing where people caress other people with the murder weapon. <laughs> Fucking God. Uh, it's so stupid. It had never been properly established that Rain was, had his eyes on that Marty. He was even aware that she was around until after she'd been brought up from the galley. Like, he, like he held her hostage at gunpoint for a hot second. He slapped her and said, I'm going to kill you. I had big plans for us, but we never, like, we had not been clued in that he had ever noticed her on the plane. No. Nah. Anyway. So she says that he's repulsive. He says you're going to change your mind once you get, once, once they get to know each other better. Ugh. She says he's going to have to kill her first. And he says he's going to kill her during. Yeah. Which is necrophilia. The body's still warm. (laughs) He's an all around evil guy. Yeah, it's totally gross. Down below, Cutter spots Forge in the cargo hold area, handling what might have been parachutes. There's several packs. The first package is holding some sort of backpack looking thing. But then as Cutter gets up close, there are what? Parachutes? Yeah, they're parachute packs. This is the closest they ever get to revealing what the plan might have been. Right. What do you think it was? What do you think it was? I think they're going to bail out? I think it's to get in midair, dump the fuel, or... And then... Crash the plane, but we've cr- bailed out? Exactly. 
over some type of land somewhere, I, I mean, guess. It, ostensibly, this plane is still well they've just taken if off we don't know where they going. could go hundreds they could go hundreds or thousands we don't of know miles. where they're going they were going to la before they're surely not now they're probably going headed to mexico or I something would, i would guess they're probably headed south towards mexico yeah that makes sense i, I that's that's almost only that has to be what the plan is and then crash it in the desert but they parachute so they wouldn't know where they were i was reading but parachuting at that speed that's fast yeah, you'd have to really slow down, right? They'd probably tell the pilots, slow down so we can jump out. You can't be going 500 out. miles an hour. <laughs> no. You'd slow down to the, <laughs> the slow. <laughs> in the script I read, basically, they had brought their own pilots. Um, in the original draft of the screenplay, they had brought their own pilots onto the plane. They, didn't, they weren't letting the airline pilots continue to pilot the plane. And then also, I think the plan had been, we're going to bail out and someone... For whatever reason, someone had been convinced to stay behind and and detonate like a bomb that we brought on to blow the plane out of the sky. That was the plan in the script, but that's never fleshed out, and it doesn't even really seem to be the plan in this version. It would have made more sense for them to have brought a bomb on board and set the bomb and then leave. You know, and yeah, then jump. But you could show that. Like if that's yeah, this, the <laughs> like what we're saying is that this movie would have been ten minutes longer and made much more sense <laughs> for been much, everyone involved. A much more rewarding experience. But I find it rewarding because it's, it's it's just sometimes it's fun when the movie's a little fucked up. It's fast and loose. <laughs> fast and loose. Um at any rate, Cutter and Forge start fighting. Yeah, he gets a jump on Forge. Forge grabbed a crate. And like smashed it over Cutter's head, and it was literally. I was like, stuff Are those came coffee like, mugs. Or I, something? I went through it and watched frame by frame. It was full of like can like koozies that you would put a beer can in. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay, Cutter. Uh, Why he, is that on the plane? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Was somebody on their way? Like that's I'm someone, waiting for my that's delivery of koozies. That's someone's corporate swag for a conference in L.A. or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Fuck, I don't know. Um, Cutter gets the upper hand early in the fight. Uh, now, Forge grabs a putter out of a golf bag that's down there and just starts wailing on Cutter. Yeah, it's it's interesting that Forge, this much bigger guy, has like got this club, but it still seems sort of ineffectual. Like Wesley Snipes, like it's, Cutter's yeah. like blocking. Uh, Cutter gets the club away from him. Yeah, starts like hitting some martial arts <laughs> like stances and moves and shit. So. I've been doubtful of Wesley Snipes' martial arts, yeah. you know, uh, pedigree. So I had to like look it up, and I was dead ass wrong because he's a he's a fifth degree black belt, black belt in Shotokan karate and a second degree black belt in Hapkido. He's been doing like martial arts since he was twelve years old. Apparently, That's badass. yeah. So it's like, dude, I was I don't I don't think I knew one kid growing up who was doing martial arts. I knew one um, in elementary school. And then he went on to become like the quarterback of the football team for like a rival school or whatever. Okay. But he was a, he was a black belt That's rad. in karate and his parents know. owned a dojo. At the end of the day, I don't <laughs> My really. My parents own a dojo. <laughs> Shit. That's badass. <laughs> At the end of the day, I don't even really know what that means. I think the belts, it's like in the karate kid where it's kind of like the belt's such an arbitrary thing. Like any sensei could say, okay, you're a black belt now. Like. I mean, I think sometimes there is a, a checklist of things you need to be yeah, able there's to a thing, do. There's a checklist of things that you should be able to do. Like Daniel LaRusso, not a black belt. But he was good enough to win the All Valley. Yeah, by accident. <laughs> I love that YouTube video. It's like, he's a danger to himself and everyone around him. 
He's like, like giving, like letting a 13 year old drive a car that's never driven a car before. Man, my first take when I was watching Snipes like do his shit was like, this guy does not have a sensei. He does not have a shidoshi. <laughs> he is his own shidoshi. <laughs> the mean streets were his shidoshi. What's the difference if, if Bruce, Bruce Springsteen is his shidoshi? <laughs> but um, apologies to you, Wesley Snipes. I'm sure you're listening. Uh, so why is. wouldn't you be? Yeah. Um, because you like you know your shit. He does. Apparently, he's just he had such a weird flourish and flare on camera that I think that that yeah again it's just. Do you think that was just him putting it on for the cameras? I I absolutely do, and I think that the director, much like we were just talking about with Rain, was comfortable letting these actors make some choices and didn't want to like step in the way. Yeah. And you know, that takes a lot of confidence for a director to do that. Probably not easy to do sometimes, especially in hindsight. You can look at it and be like, uh, that's overacting. Well, you might have let him get away with a little too much. Yeah, exactly. In a lot of the performance choices yeah. throughout the film. But for Wesley Snipes, for me, was he was the least of my concerns. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he acquitted himself well yeah. in this. Um, but in, anyway, Cutter just beats the shit out of Forge with the putter. Again, not a, another not close fight. And he was just sort of, it was weird, like he was jabbing at him almost with the putter. He wasn't like uh-huh. just swinging it. He was like poking him with it. And yeah. like, it was pretty sweet. It was like, but it was also just, it looked weird. It's not right. the way that a normal person would attack someone and with also, a golf club. And also maybe not like Michael Horace, Forge is a big guy. It's huge. So, yeah. I mean, you really have to be coming up with some force to be poking him for it to be doing anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Now he knocked Forge down. And then I guess killed him with the is, like this big rack of luggage. I hope he he would have checked the body. One would hope to make sure he's dead because that would be a fucking loose, huge loose end. Otherwise, yeah. just be like, I crushed him with the baggage cart. It seemed like he like rammed the baggage cart on his head, like crushed his head okay. or something. It was a, it, this was like akin to. The Carl. The, the Carl versus McLean fight. I thought the same thing. It's like, die hard. you yeah. better make sure, you better make sure he's dead. Yeah, Because I was sure we were going to see, I was sure we were going to see Forge pop up in the final. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Be down Never by forget Forge. <laughs> Never forget Forge. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, up top, they're wondering what's taking Forge so long. <laughs> I love that show. Forget, what's taking him forgot. so long? Yeah, he, idiot. Down below, Cutter seems to have found a couple of hand grenades. What? That's, I think, also, again, reference to maybe what the what was initially the plan oh, in the script. Blow the plane, to yeah. blow the plane up. I thought maybe they were in with the koozies. And he seemed to be sabotaging the parachutes, like right. cutting them up. Uh Cutter pops through a hatch into the cockpit. Yeah, we cut to what looks like panels. Ma- it looks like it's made out of, like roofing shingles <laughs> and one like pops up and there's a hatch and there's cutter. In does the that cockpit. exist? I suppose it does yeah. or oh. used to at least. Yeah, you it, know what? Actually, it doesn't I anymore. Think, I bet. It, but in this time, I bet for sure the pilots needed to have access to the avionics. Shit. That's true. In case something stopped working, they might, they probably know the basics of well, the mechanics. I'm sure the way that they have configured planes now is that the pilots are the only people that can get in there. No one else can get in that hatch. No one can get in the avionics mm-hmm. compartment. Now, Cutter pops up, tells oh, the pilots up, to guys? be cool. I'm the good guy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the yeah. pilots just roll with it. Yeah, he introduces himself. Cutter. John Cutter. Okay. Weird. 
I'm surprised they hadn't heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where yeah, are yeah. you? You're a legend in the TSA. You were in and... Airline Adventure Weekly. Yeah. What? Um, I saw you in the Sky Mall. They, he asks, where are they? They're like, yeah, they're somewhere in the back. They're in the back <laughs> of the plane. That's all we know. They're just unsupervised. Like, why would the pilots Doofuses. Not... They're very doofusy. The pilots could do anything they wanted in this time. They could take the plane. They could be flying anywhere. Yep. Right? Yeah. Anyway, presumably, is these things aren't well thought through. No. Uh, so Cutter tells the pilots to turn the plane around, take it back to the airstrip. Mm. He leaves the cockpit through the door. Mm-hmm. In the rear, Rain and Sabrina can feel the airplane turning. Yeah, no shit. It tilts all the way over to one. There, everyone's like doing. It was a huge. Yeah, it was a huge. We're just doing a straight up U turn. No one's had their V eight. They're all leaning to one side. <laughs> Rain sends Sabrina to go check on the pilots. This is go one by of my, yourself. This is one of my favorite moments in the movie because I mean Elizabeth Hurley, beautiful, sexy, just like popping through with the gun with the silencer. Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, that was why is this plane turning around? Like she, that dude, moment, I was like, that's awesome. She killed it. She like, was, dude. I even thought in she the was moment, wasted in this movie. In the moment, because you know, right? They're filming this on a flat set, right? Yeah. And they're just tilting the camera. And both her, her especially, but both her and Rain did a great job of having to lean. And like she was acting like she was weaving down the aisle, like mm-hmm. she was barely staying on her feet. When I think about it in context of that was a flat set. Yeah. That's great Chops. physical acting. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Yeah, she burst through with the gun, like looking like a fucking boss. Yeah. She was um, badass. Yeah, she was especially awesome. So she busts in. Who told you to turn the plane around? Cutter pops out and says, I did. Hits her with the backhand and knocks her unconscious. Love which, the look and what a waste. <laughs> it's so awesome. Also, I like that he didn't even come close to actually touching her. No. It's wonderful. No. But if it had been, that's definitely like not a shot that would render anyone unconscious either. He just sort of like popped her in the mouth. Maybe she's got a glass jaw. <laughs> she's weak. She's like glass Joe. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Punch out. Punch out. <laughs> she's a weakling. So Cutter gives her pistol to the co-pilot, tells him if she tries to do anything, throw her out the window. <laughs> That's amazing to me. Yeah. Um, Why didn't he tie her ass up? He needed that gun. Yeah. It's weird for him to say, you, the unconscious woman, you keep the gun to keep the unconscious woman in check. I'm going to go unarmed to fight the armed terrorist. Why not tie her up? Something. Yeah. It's tie not her a, up. It's not brain surgery and you take the gun you need the gun walk out the door and kill the bad guys this is easy the co-pilot he asks cutter if he needs any help says no there's only one left and he's all mine uh, oh, okay boy. all right hubris yeah it, but you know he's the hero so okay still yeah why would he not take the gun don't know cutter wanted to fight he wanted to fist fight an armed uh rain it's the only way he's going to be able to shake the demons of his past <laughs> So this is also weird. Sensing that something is amiss, Rain grabs Marty, takes her to the galley, has her open the elevator door, and the bloody, lifeless body of Forget falls out. Thank God he's actually dead. This entire sequence makes no sense. How did... Okay, step by step. First of all, how did he sense something was going on with the elevator? I think at the very beginning there might have been like a, a ding... An mm-hmm. almost imperceptible ding of the elevator, I guess, mm-hmm. arriving, whatever. Like in Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the only way you could uh, explain Rain's sudden like impulse that he needed to check the elevator. But 
Cutter wasn't down in the lower galley. Like, how I think, did Forge's body get in the elevator I and think, sent up? I my read is that he felt that something was wrong, and he was taking Marty to go down to the bowels of but the airplane. How did how did Forge get in the elevator and sent up? I think did he? Did I think that Cutter went back down. Cutter put him in the elevator. And just left him there. After rent- crushing his head before he punched out Sabrina? Yes. So he so he crushed him, put him in the elevator, leave him there in case whoever calls the elevator from upstairs, that's where the body will be. Went and punched her out, was coming back. He hit the elevator call button or something uh, I think, himself? I think um, what we probably missed was Rain hit the call button and the elevator came up and there's Forget. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it's it, very. It was very. The logistics of it. It is it stretched is, the mind more than you should have to it's think. Rough about and it. ready for sure. None of it makes sense. <laughs> uh, it's like, wait, who's where? Why? How? Uh huh. It's all of the five questions or whatever. The to Mar- what it, and even to what extent? <laughs> Marty lets out a blood curling scream. Great scream. Yep. Cutter pops out. Starts fighting rain. Uh, finally, a stray bullet shoots out a window. Oh, so the, now the bullets the cause door, damage the on door. the aircraft. Yeah. Okay, okay. So the plane loses cabin pressure. This honestly seems like it should have happened like well before now. Several <laughs> hours ago. But it finally happened. We knew it would sooner That's or probably later. the third time that window has been hit, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> the plane just seems to immediately go into a nosedive. Oh, which, shit. Is that how it works? Ah, oh, God. Oh, we're going no. down. But... I can only think, I'm sure if you're the pilot and you lose cabin pressure, it is probably protocol to get low fast. Yeah. So that people can breathe. Yeah. And everything like that. that makes sense. But it was just chaos on the plane. Yep. The oxygen masks, they drop from the ceiling as rain and cut are duking it out. Right. The fight, surprisingly even-handed. Yeah, they appear to know the same amount of martial arts. I would not have <laughs> pegged Rain as like a brawler. Yeah, I he's like, like the he's the Hans Gruber type. Yeah, but I feel like he's trained like what's his face Euro trash guy in Bloodsport who's training out oh, in the backyard, shit. jumping through boards in his palatial estate. <laughs> or Colonel uh, Colonel Stewart and Die Hard Two. Yeah, exactly. We didn't so, get any butt naked like martial arts from him in the opening credits. No, we unfortunate. <laughs> I like the fight choreography of this scene though like them walking around in the seats on and top of and the stuff. seats i like yeah. that i thought that whoever, was clever yeah whoever choreographed it did a pretty good job i like the bit where rain like rips one of the masks down and starts strangling cutter with oh, yeah. the with the hose or whatever it's cool um oh, marty, i also like the yeah the cut over to marty who's noticing that there's like this this door that's like buckling and like yeah, a bubbling dude. on the outside it was kind of like weird it's like ready warping. to blow off yeah um and then it's su- yeah sucked out into space all of a sudden, there's there's scraps of paper everywhere. <laughs> like, where was all this loose leaf? Like, where Maybe did it come from? Bags. It's like the end of Die Hard, where there's just money, paper falling. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, where did all this come from? Cutter, he's able to break free from Rain after like a series of blows. There's this weird moment where he gives Rain like a shot to the balls, and Rain just seems to sort of not react at all, and that threw Cutter off or something like. I don't is know that what, what that was supposed to signify. Did his dad castrate him? Shit. Is that the whole deal? Supremely fucked. Yeah, big time. Especially for, he seems to be full of, like, sexually charged, uh, Rain does. I don't know, man. He's yeah, he, he does. I found it also very unbelievable that not a single other passenger on the plane, like, jumped into the fight to help. 
Agreed. Mrs. Edwards would have at least. Yeah. To help Arsenio. (laughs) At the point that the gun's now been dropped or whatever, it just seems like the passengers would all swarm on rain. Yeah, absolutely. He's severely outnumbered. Yeah, that was odd to me. Very odd. Um, Meanwhile, Marty is dangerously close to getting sucked out of the open door. Um, Cutter and Rain, they tumble towards the front of the plane. They wind up near the door themselves. Cutter with a series of kicks. He sends Rain out the door, plummeting to his death. It was like a pretty good moment to watching him fall and scream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just like plummeting. Very cathartic. Um, that needed a one-liner. This movie doesn't have the one-liners at all. And that would have been the moment for Cutter to say it something. It really doesn't. Like they tried with what when he beat up uh, Vincent earlier in the plane. What and what, I can't even remember what he said. They go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. That's, that's, that's not terrible. Even, yeah, this I don't know what it would have been like a I don't know. Thanks for flying. Thanks for flying with us or something. <laughs> or fly the friendly skies. <laughs> I don't know what it would have been, but it needed something there. Yeah. There needed to be a, a snappy. There should have been. So Cutter is like radios now to the control tower. Delvecchio asks Cutter, "What's the what's your status?" He says. Single at the moment, but I'm working on it. Yeah, he's it. like Ian Marty, who's like ten- gingerly tending to his wounds uh-huh. as he's delivering this line. There's a series of bad jokes. Yeah. Now. It's like, have you disabled Rain? You damn skippy. He says, that's not funny. Then Biggs chimes in. He says, hey, way to go. It's a way to go, cut a boy, or something like that. He's like, Biggs, is that you? He says, in the flesh. He's like, oh, that's a revolting thought. Brought the fucking house Everyone down. is yucking it up. I guess they had to eat up some screen time. They it's just this is where you need Steven D'Souza like to yeah. punch this up oh a little my bit. God. Somebody with who can do the one liners right. On the plane, the old woman, Miss Mi- Edwards, Miss Edwards, or Mrs. Edwards. I don't know the widow Edwards. <laughs> uh, she's leading the the passengers in an Arsenio like woo woo woo. She doesn't know how it goes, and the shitty jazz music swells. Aww. You don't like that Stanley's like, score? Bing, 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 dong, bing, bing. Soprano sax, soprano sax. It felt like it was time for your local forecast <laughs> on the weather. Channel. Your local on the eights. <laughs> your local on the eights. <laughs> it did. Kinda, it really you're did not it. wrong. You're um, definitely not wrong. Oh, my God. But the plane lands. People begin unloading. Police and medical personnel are everywhere. Press are also everywhere. Press Cameras have arrived. And shit, yeah. yep. Someone tells Del Vecchio they saw a cutter with a flight attendant. Uh... Delvecchio chases down Cutter. He's escorting Marty away from the plane. Cutter was putting the leather jacket on Marty's shoulders. Yeah. That, I was thinking that jacket belongs to someone. <laughs> it's not just yours yeah, now. It's John Cutter. <laughs> it's mine now. Yeah. Well, this it's airline property. <laughs> this is mine now. The terrorists took it, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. This Cutter says, you know, I'm taking a vacation. I want to raise. Delvecchio agrees yeah, yeah, to all yeah, of sure. it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's fine. He hasn't even properly been hired yet. No, but, he has signed a contract. He maybe do, he has signed a contract and we just don't know. Maybe something preliminary or yeah. something. A, a, a letter of agreement. Sure. Uh, Henderson sticks an arrested Sabrina in the back of an FBI car. What was what was going to become of her? She go stand trial? Yeah, she go to jail. Probably okay. for what, like, like, do you think she gets locked away forever? Or more? Or, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. It, even if you, yeah, she's she did, pull, time in a she did pull the trigger on a few of those. Yeah, so, she oh, shot yeah. two she's dudes. She's going to probably get the death penalty somewhere. Probably. Or Florida she's, she's in Supermax out in Colorado or something. Yeah. Cool. 
That's like the women in prison films. <laughs> anyway. Now, yeah, this is odd. So Del Vecchio is basically like, Cutter, what am I supposed to tell all these reporters? You like, know? That's your job. And he's like. That's like your thing. He's like, Cutter, this, Cutter, this isn't my bag. <laughs> Which what? is a no, weird is. thing to say. That's your job, guy. But so then Del Vecchio, he, he pulls up in front of the gaggle of reporters. He's telling them, you know, that the anti-terrorism program was a great success. They're like, who is, who uh, idea was it? It was mine. Yeah. Del Vecchio. Slide Del Vecchio. As Cutter and Marty are walking away, Biggs pulls up alongside them, asks if they need a lift. They're like, nope. They say they're going to walk. <laughs> Biggs warns them, you know, it's five miles to town. What? We're probably not going to your town, guys. First of all, if you're Cutter, I don't think they're going to let you just walk away. Like no. You're going to do a bunch of debriefs. And oh, yeah. Interviews with the FBI and it was NTSB. I don't remember. All that shit. Yeah. You got to talk. There's, you'd have to do a whole lot of. Well, her too. She's got to do interviews with stuff. everyone. Yeah. Um, now, this is weird. Biggs ass cutter. Have you seen my wife's gun? And Marty just cracks up for some reason. There's no. She would have no concept of why that even would be slightly funny. Maybe we missed a moment where. <laughs> where cutter. <laughs> You're digging cut, deep right cutter, now. Cutter looked over at her as he was like putting the jacket over and he's like. Oh, man, you should have been there earlier. <laughs> I asked the sheriff for a gun, and he gave me a gun, and I fucking dropped it. He said it was his wife's hysterical. gun. hysterical. And I dropped it immediately. Then, I lost it out here on the runway somewhere. And then the, the sheriff first thing brings it up, and Marty's like, oh, my, oh God, my God, classic Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, yeah, there's a good night, Cutter. Good night, Biggs. It's um, racial wanna, wounds have been healed. That's right. The South is now <laughs> whole. <laughs> Uh, so Cutter and Marty walk towards the carnival as fireworks are shooting it's off. It's time for a funnel cake, my friend. I'm shocked the carnival is still up and running. Well, no one got killed there, right? Except for the dude the got thrown off the ride, and there was yeah. like a big shootout. Yeah, but I just feel like you pick it. Back there's a up. terror attack at the adjacent Again, airport. This is I think they would shut it Louisiana. Down. They're like, this happens every night. There's stray bullets all over every the place. night. Every <laughs> everyone and their mums packing around here. <laughs> But so the music swells, the credits roll, and that's past your 57, people. Uh, you know, we just passed the 29th anniversary of this movie's release, November oh, yeah? 6, 1992. So, yeah, and it was it, it was a, a successful film. It wasn't like the biggest of the year or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, made but for 15, grossed 66 million. That's what I saw, too. It's good. Um I think anytime you're like quadrupling your money, the studio is going to be happy with that. Yeah, the studio is like, that's fine. They're probably like, this this Snipes character, he's a bankable investment. Yeah. As we had mentioned previous, the movie apparently was initially offered to Stallone, who passed on it. And to then do, to I think, Seagal. to do Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> that's what he put out in 92. I love that, that Schwarzenegger duped Stallone into making that trash, which <laughs> that was the last movie I ever saw with my my deceased older brother when i when i was thinking about that movie i was like oh that's crazy stop my mom shoot. Stop I've, my I've mom never shoot. seen it it's, was it that bad it is i was in fifth grade i think when that movie came out does it deserve all the hatred it was bad and i remember thinking it if was you're bad. a fifth grader and you thought it was bad then it was probably really really bad well yeah and i think i mean estelle getty at that point god lover was in the like really experiencing the symptoms of dementia so oh, shit yeah like on on golden girls it was you know she was doing her best to hold it together and you know okay. doing a great job doing the best she could but but i mean yeah it was not 
a, I, I don't remember anything about the movie other than thinking like, this is not good. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's being in fifth grade and being well, like, ah. but I got to, we've agreed, right? That we feel like Stallone is not comically gifted. No, guy. no, he does because he, he's not empathetic. He doesn't know, <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't have meaningful interactions with people. But that's the thing is like in the Rocky movies, when he's playing that character, he can be, but when he's supposed to be like, yeah, when he's supposed to be tango. Yeah. Then when no. he's like, how does a normal, how would a normal person behave? No. Lincoln Hawks jokes. No. When he's playing a, a character that's something more than just handsome Stallone, then yeah. maybe that works. But when he's just handsome Stallone, it's like he doesn't know. He's trying to be cool. He's not willing to make himself the butt of the joke, I think, is right. his problem usually. Right. He's, re- he's hesitant. Seagal also was like, no, I'll pass. Yeah, he opted to go do Under Siege instead, which Under Siege is a is a superior film. Right. We'll have to talk about that one at some point. Dude, that one's fucking amazing. I, you I will dig it. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's... That one, if you thought this movie was like likable, you'll probably watch Under Siege and be like, holy shit, Seagal should be a star. <laughs> like, it's hands down the best thing he's ever done. Right. Um, shout out to our Seagal podcast yeah. partners um, on the yeah, podcast the mo- network. The movie itself received mixed reviews. There was a yeah. lot of praise for Wesley Snipes and wow. shit tons of praise for Bruce Payne. Really? Who played, Payne? Who played Rain. Got the love? Yeah especially Bruce Payne. Well, I think offering it to Snipes was like a stroke of genius. Yeah. Like his star was rising already Mm -hmm. making the lead a black guy definitely like allowed the movie to explore some, some terrain that, you know, you couldn't have. And it makes it stand out from just every other generic totally action movie with just another white dude shooting it up with terrorists or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think when that happened, that's when I feel like the screenplay was maybe overhauled to make race more of a component in the story because that shit didn't really seem to exist mm-hmm. in the earlier drafts yeah. I was reading. Also, to me, very cool that Warner Brothers went with like putting a lot of like involving a lot of black talent behind yeah. the camera. Absolutely. Uh, most importantly, the director and the composer. Yep. Stanley Clark. Yeah. Yo. Surprisingly, the movie didn't spawn any sequels. Yeah. Which I feel like it was an aberration for like any action movie that did well in this era, I felt like led to a sequel. I bet if this movie had cracked a hundred million, it would have. We would have got it. They were probably one. like sixty six is a healthy profit. Yeah. And we'll just let this one ride. This seems like one that's sort of ready made for a sequel just because is it? that's his well, even if he wasn't on board the plane the next time something went wrong, he's like the guy they call, you know? But I'm just thinking about like what other mode of transportation could they have? Well, I think it would have had, I think, I feel like it probably would have needed to be another plane story, which maybe would have just been like, so it's just a remake basically. But, um, I'll talk about some others of the tops of 92. Did you make notes? I did not. I wanted to share real quick before we do that. Hit me. Um, the Siskel and Ebert, I couldn't find a written review, but I, I did find the episode of Siskel and Ebert that they recorded that year. I love it. That featured this episode that also featured their review of Disney's Aladdin. Yes. But um, Roger Ebert said, (laughs) this movie was (laughs) completely implausible, but nevertheless surprisingly entertaining, this thriller, this new thriller. That's spot on, I think. He said, it belongs to the same genre as Die Hard 2 and Under Siege, which is about a hero and his girl sidekick battling an international terrorist for the lives of innocent human beings. It's not as good as those movies, he said. 
and it's filled with holes big enough to fly a DC-10 through, but I must tell you I enjoyed it. He also, I mentioned before, wanted to know how the fuck Cutter knew that Rain had gone to the carnival, and again, his theory was that Cutter had seen enough action movies to know <laughs> that that's where the bad guy would go. Gene Siskel just said, there's not enough going for this movie for me to recommend that anyone even watch it. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Gene Siskel was often the more... Was he the wet blanket? He was the wet blanket of the two. Oh, he, he was more like art house <laughs> cinema guy. I can't argue with anything that uh, Ebert said. Oh, yeah. No, it's right Other on. than I don't Bang think on. Die Hard 2 uh, McClane did not have a female sidekick. I think he was talking about, um, did he have one in Under Siege? Did Under Siege Seagal? definitely He did. was talking about, uh, in, he was specifically talking about Under Siege. Yeah. yeah. It is almost like strikingly similar, right. but, but better done. And with like Academy Award winning caliber bad guys, Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey. Oh, amazing. Both of them, both of them like doing unhinged bad guy. It's fucking awesome, dude. Need to go back and revisit for sure. That. So, tops of '92 hit me. Uh, as you mentioned just now, Aladdin was number one worldwide. I'm going with the worldwide grosses, yeah. which I think were different. So, sure. Aladdin was huge. The Bodyguard, and I had forgotten about that. And like a Costner, Costner had a hell of a run going there. Kevin Costner was the biggest star in the world there for about a like decade. a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I'd forgotten. Yeah, Bodyguard made insane money and like was the best selling soundtrack of all time or the best selling album of all time. Maybe yeah, for until, a long time that single thriller was, yeah. passed it by again or something. That's crazy. <laughs> thriller was like, oh, by the way, we're still here. Yeah. Um, Home Alone 2 made a shit ton of money wow. in 92. I saw that movie in the theater. Basic Instinct made a ton of money that year. Lethal Weapon 3, uh, Batman Returns, and A Few Good Men, I think were like all up in the Ooh, top nice. 10. Yeah, and then others that uh, that are awesome for us uh-huh. was uh, Patriot Games, right? which I loved. Unforgiven. Have we done a Jack Ryan movie yet? We haven't. No. We what's should. Your, what's your favorite? Hunt for Red October. It is like a fucking amazing film. But I don't like Baldwin as Jack Ryan as much as I like Harrison Ford, Yeah, obviously. that's the thing that's But also, not I think that Harrison Ford was too old to be Jack Ryan, but whatever. Yeah, he was significantly older than Baldwin, wasn't he? Yeah. 10 I years mean, older, probably. At least. Yeah. Yeah. They aged him up some, but he played that part well. Yeah. God, I love Harrison Ford. I'm going to be really sad when it's his time. He will die before he does. I guarantee. God, God willing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he kills me. <laughs> I hope he crashes his plane into In my house. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are like, they're, they're high. The odds are high that he will. Oh, my God. Um, also, Unforgiven came out that Shit. year. That's one of my all-time favorites. That's one of the best westerns. Unbelievable how good Ever. that is. Yeah. Um, Alien 3 came out that year, Okay, which I kind of dig. Yeah, it's... Personally, David yeah. Fincher early. Uh, that might have been his first feature, actually. Um, Under Siege, which we've mentioned. Right. Last of the Mohicans Love came out. Love that fucking that movie. Fucking, that's Ooh, incredible. That movie Dude, awesome. that movie... We might have talked about this already. Do you know where it was filmed? Last of Mohicans? Yeah. Didn't we say it was North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. I got to get up there. Oh, yeah. I want to go where the sheer cliffs are and everything. It's like near Asheville. Mm-hmm. I would have thought for sure, oh, yeah, it's got to be like whatever, upstate New York or wherever yeah, it was supposed to be. Yeah, the or you know? the Catskills. But no, North Carolina. Yeah. I got to go should. check Let, that out. Let's do that. Long it's Boys like weekend. weekend or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Stopper My Mama Shoe came out that year, as <laughs> <Yay>. mentioned. <laughs> Universal Soldier. 
Ooh. I fucking love. We're gonna that boot that movie. one up at some point. Absolutely. And Arnold did not have a movie out this year. What was it, he doing? It was. It was. This was between Terminator Two and Last Action Hero. I. I don't know. I guess he was taking a break. Well, I think also wasn't he was trying to he was trying to make the pivot into more of like the family friendly action like comedy stuff, right? I, I think he like had that can't. I'm not. I'm gonna call counting this. He had like a cameo in the movie Dave, which I never watched. The one about the president, like. Yeah. Oh, Kevin yeah. Klein he he played himself because he yeah. was like the president's fitness thing. Yeah. He's like, Don't he eat had the a donut. few little things he had like. I think he had directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I think he was just trying to expand expand himself. Yeah. Totally. Before I he came back to Dave films. was a good movie. I never seen. Thank it. you for doing this, Helen. I'll go, that... to, I'll go to hell, Dave. <laughs> That's a good movie. You should watch that one. Should Kevin, I watch it? Do you Kevin think it's Klein good? Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver in the so like Frank Langella, like everybody in that movie is good. It's it's okay. worth watching. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll put it on hey, the list. Uh, something that I a line from that movie that I say often is "Thank you for doing this, Helen." <laughs> when you watch that's it, a deep you'll know. Cut. When that's you watch it, you'll know. <laughs> um, man, that's all I've got. Yeah, you got, any, you got any final gripes? Any no, airing um, of grievances? I would say if if Die Hard is an A plus action movie, which it is, okay, that this oh. movie gets a C plus. Okay. I was thinking, yeah, B, B minus. B minus, C plus for me. I and mean, it gives you what you came here to see. Absolutely. And and having really no frame of reference other than Wesley Snipes is in this movie and that it's about, you know, that it's diehard on a plane. Like I say, I enjoyed it. You know, the plot holes aside, I was just like, well, yeah, they're plot holes. This movie's 84 minutes long I mean, it's like a, it's a movies for guys who like movies type of flick. This is it's a movie for the is, dude. This is set your... Case of Natty <laughs> next to the easy chair in the garage. Turn yeah. on the space heater and watch this shit. Hey, can you finish this six pack before the movie ends? <laughs> That's the challenge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I enjoyed it. Uh, would awesome. wa- would recommend. Would watch again. Yes, I would. Wait, what did Siskel and Ebert give it? A thumb, one thumbs up. Roger or Siskel could not. He didn't. I think it was one thumb up because yeah. Cisco was like, "I can't recommend this to anyone." That sounds about right. Yeah. to me. I mean, it's like, uh, it's not for everyone. No, but if this is what you're in the mood for, you're gonna have a good time. Exactly. It's fun. Okay, it's fun <laughs> and memorable. Well, I'm glad we did it. Yeah, we hope Thanks you for guys taking have the enjoyed taste it. Test. Oh man, absolutely. I love doing this thing. I think it adds a cool dimension to the show. Awesome. We, we hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you haven't seen this one, go watch it and then let us know what you think. Listen back to the episode and see if you agree with our. Our breakdown. We love to give these things the treatment, <laughs> yeah, as we dude. call it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Once again, this series dedicated to our dear friend, Rick Holsey. Rest in peace, Amen. buddy. We love yeah, you. Man. And uh, we'll be back. <laughs>